Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer. Coming up, California is open for business, but there's a problem, a shortage of workers. The pandemic decimated small businesses, especially restaurants, bars, and the hospitality industry. As they begin to hire back workers, we'll dig into why there are so many jobs, but too few applicants, and what it might take to turn that around. Then, a new way to experience Golden Gate Park. Soundwalk is a free GPS-guided walking tour of the park from composer Ellen Reed and Kronos Quartet. We'll talk with the creators. That's next on Forum, right after the news. Good morning and welcome to KQED Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer. Well, the end of most COVID restrictions and social distancing this week was just what small business people needed, especially in the hospitality and restaurant industries. As you know, they were hit extremely hard during the pandemic. And now many of them are scrambling to hire workers so they can deal with all of us eager to get out of the house and travel, eat, drink, and just hang out with friends. Many businesses, though, are reporting a shortage of workers. So what's behind the scarcity of job applicants? We've invited a panel of folks to dig into that, and we're going to begin with Jed Kolko. He is chief economist at Indeed.com. That's an online job search site. Jed, welcome. Morning, Scott. Thank you. You bet. And also Jim Wonderman of the Bay Area Council, a well-known organization representing large employers in the region. Jim, good morning to you as well. Good morning, Scott. Let me begin with you, Jed. Uh, give us the big picture. Uh, just how big a mismatch is there, do you think, between uh, job openings, uh, listings, and job applicants? The big picture is that there's been a big increase uh, in employers looking to hire. Uh, on Indeed, we see that job postings now are almost 30% higher than they were before the pandemic. Uh, That's both in sectors that held up pretty well during the pandemic, like manufacturing and warehouse and delivery jobs, uh, but also in the sectors uh, that were hurt badly in the pandemic. There's been a big rebound in restaurant job postings, uh, arts and entertainment, uh, even starting to see a rebound in hospitality and tourism jobs. So lots of employers are looking to hire, and it's employers across lots of sectors at the same time. And theoretically, given that the unemployment rate, especially in California, remains pretty high, there should be a lot of people who are looking for jobs. So is there a mismatch right now? So the high unemployment rate is still a couple points higher than where it was before the pandemic. So you'd expect there to be more people looking. But there are still factors holding people back from searching for work. Um, One factor is some people still believe their employment to be temporary. In other words, they expect to get recalled um, to a job that they had earlier uh, and are less likely to search. Of course, there are people still concerned about getting or transmitting the virus at work, Uh, caregiving burdens, especially for mothers, um, and other factors um, that are holding job search back, um, even though the unemployment rate is still elevated. 
You mentioned uh, that there might be some fear of the virus, and I, I can certainly see that in the workplace. There's been a lot of confusing information about masks and that sort of thing. But you may not uh, look into this, but do you have any sense of whether these folks who are worried about their health are, are vaccinated? Um, the good news, of course, is that vaccination rates are going up. Um, there were big differences uh, across occupations in terms of how likely people were to get the virus last year. Um, in in-person sectors where people uh, were going to the workplace, uh, often in close proximity, uh, infection rates were, of course, much higher than in other occupations. Uh, so there are still reasons why people are concerned about getting the virus. And Jim Wonderman, what are you hearing and seeing here in the Bay Area that uh, you can add to what, uh, what Jed has just said? Yeah, we're, we're hearing the same things. Uh, you know, it's pretty much across the board in, you know, all of the different sectors are struggling. And it's really the first time I, I can remember that we've seen anything of this magnitude uh, where, you know, all, you know, employers are having such a struggle finding people. And, you know, if you apply the screen test, it's getting, it's getting pretty loud. <laughs> so uh, it's definitely a concern for the economy. And, you know, our take on it is that we have, you know, we're suffering from a shrunken labor force in the Bay Area where we've got over, you know, less than 200,000 people available to work less than what we had pre-pandemic. And that could be people who moved away. It could be people who retired, people who are decided not to look for work anymore. But that's about 5% of the total workforce. So that puts a lot of pressure uh, on the employers to find people. And it's certainly having uh, its effect. Well, and uh, of course, when you have a lot of jobs and not enough workers, wages should go up to attract people into the workforce or to apply for those jobs. To what extent, Jim, is that happening? Well, you know, I was in an In-N-Out burger with my family a few days ago, and there's a big sign posted on this one. It was in, it was in Petaluma. Within, it was $19 an hour to start hmm. at In-N-Out burger. So I was thinking of applying because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'd like to have a more regulated lifestyle. But it, that that's really says something about how uh, determined and desperate employers are. And, they, you know, I think this is a point where in the arbitrage between employer and em- employee, you know, this one goes to the employee. And maybe a lot of employees are kind of waiting it out to see what they could get, or, you know, this might be an opportunity to switch the kind of work that they're doing. So they're hesitating. And of course, there's a lot of uh, government money still coming in. And, uh, you know, we know there's a lot of folks, particularly at the lower wages, or folks who got out of college recently, and they're not really high earners yet. And they're, you know, they're doing pretty well on the government subvention and taking the time to enjoy their life. And they'll get back in the workforce at some point here for sure. But right now, it's it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. Jed, what would you say about that? Because the Republicans uh, and others, not just I'm not saying Jim is a Republican, but um, Republican governors, for example, uh, in some states are refusing the federal money uh, for workers, the 600 now, I think it's $300 checks, uh, because they say it's a disincentive to find work, to seek work. Um, on the other hand, $300 certainly doesn't go very far in the Bay Area. W- what, what can you say, what can you add to what Jim just said about that as a possible reason for there being a shortage of applicants? What's happening right now is 25 states have said that they're opting out of those enhanced federal unemployment insurance benefits early. Uh, they're scheduled to end nationally at the beginning of September, uh, but 25 states uh, have actually even started uh, to end those federal benefits uh, and uh, plan to end them through June, July timeframe. Um, it is still unclear how much of an effect 
UI benefits have uh, on job search. Uh, and the reason for that is that there are lots of other factors happening at the same time. Um, vaccination rates are rising, though people are still concerned about the virus, uh, caregiving burdens. Um, all of these factors um, are likely to fade by the end of the summer. So those UI benefits end early September, kids go back to school end of August, early September, more people will be vaccinated, uh, and people will have taken some of the trips and made the family visits that they've been looking forward to for almost a year and a half. So we're likely to see the picture be very different um, by the fall than it is right now. Yeah. We're talking about the Bay Area and California statewide uh, job market, uh, the lack, apparent lack of applicants uh, for all these jobs that are now looking to be filled with Jed Kolko, chief economist with Indeed.com. That's an online job search service and Jim Wonderman from the Bay Area Council. Uh, I'm Scott Schaefer here this hour. And if you want to join us, I'll open up the phone lines a little bit early uh, since uh, this might be a topic you want to talk about. Are you uh, looking for work? Have you sensed a labor shortage? If you're hiring, give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. Or you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Jim Wonderman, there was a piece of legislation earlier this year that I believe Governor Newsom signed, which required employers in some industries to first try to hire back workers who had been laid off during the pandemic. Um, I'm not sure what the Bay Area Council thought about that law, that bill, but um, what impact is it having? Well, we didn't think too much about it, but in general, you know, uh, at this point in time when there is a lot of pressure on employers in the state to try to uh, be competitive in California. And, you know, we've heard a lot of stories of companies who have you know, moved operations or they're growing in other places. You know, the, the less regulation that we put on employers at a time when they're making decisions, uh, strategic decisions, and we know this to be the case across the board about what they're going to do with the future of the companies, the pandemic really enabled that, uh, we think the better. So, uh, you know, I, we can certainly understand you want to help people get their position back. And on the face of it, it might seem unfair that an employer would go to some other employee rather than someone who lost their job. But, you know, this is just one of a number of the, you know, kind of approaches that the legislature seems to be taking, you know, sort of on the side of the employee, understandable, but, you know, ultimately it's the employers who make the decisions about uh, employment. And in some sectors, uh, some sectors are, you know, I think doing very, very well. And as, as Jed is saying, uh, you, know, the, you know, they're, they're trying to hire people and they're struggling, but there are some sectors which it's going a little bit slower and you know, we want to make sure when the dust settles on the pandemic that California is in a competitive position. We do know that relative to other states, California has trailed the country in recovery. A lot of this is because we put more restrictions on companies and they lasted longer uh, in the shutdown. But, uh, you know, the Bay Area has trailed the state. The state has tra trailed the nation in recovery. And, you know, we want to make sure when all is said and done that California comes out of this in the strongest possible position in the interest of, you know, both employer and employee. Regarding that law, though, is it in fact, are, are those folks getting called back? Do you know what impact it's actually having on workers who were who were laid off? You know, I don't know. My get my gather would be that uh, it would be in most cases natural for companies to call 
employees back who they had before who had experience and were only sidelined because of the effect of the pandemic. So I'm going to guess it doesn't have a really huge effect here. Uh, it just is another, you know, I know from the chatter that went on at the time that it was seen by business as sort of another message that, you know, you know, let's put another burden or, you know, just another requirement on, on employers who are facing a lot of challenges in trying to get their businesses back and, you know, kind of get back up here at a really difficult time. Jed, we're coming up on a break, but there's also a word out that a lot of people, an unusually large number of people, have quit their jobs during the pandemic. Uh, what impact uh, does that have on all this? We're starting to see an increase uh, in the quits rate, people who are voluntarily leaving their jobs, uh, often for other jobs. Um, This typically happens when there are a lot more job opportunities available and when wages are rising. Um, In better times, workers are more confident uh, and more likely to quit. On top of that, um, we might also be seeing some pent-up demand uh, for job switching. The pandemic, of course, sped up some activities but slowed down lots of others. So part of what we might be seeing now uh, is a bit of catch-up Uh, in job switching that people didn't do when they didn't want to make big life changes during the pandemic, but are starting to now. All right. Uh, We're going to come back, continue our conversation and broaden the conversation as well. Give us a call if you'd like to join us. Why do you think there is a labor shortage? Are you an employer having trouble finding employees? Or if you're an employee, are you sitting out the job market? And if so, why? Give us a call, 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or you can email us. It's forum at kqed.org. Scott Schaefer here this hour, and we're going to continue the conversation after a short break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here this hour. We're talking about whether or not there's a labor shortage hampering the Bay Area as uh, many employers are looking to bring back more workers, expand their operation. Talking with Jed Kolko. He is chief economist for Indeed.com. That's an online job search site. Also, Jim Wonderman, president and CEO of the Bay Area Council. And let's bring in another voice now, Kelly Powers. She is director of the Hotel Council of San Francisco. Kelly, good morning. Good morning, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to have you. And let me just give out the phone number again, because we'd love to bring our listeners into this, 866-733-6786. So as I said at the very beginning, Kelly, uh, the hotel and Hospitality industry, restaurants, bars have really been hit by this pandemic. So what what are you hearing uh, from employers uh, who are looking to, you know, kind of uh, ramp back up? Yeah, Scott, this is really certainly in a very important topic right now for all businesses. But I, I think the hotel industry has significantly uh, been impacted by COVID and the shutdown. Uh, many of our, you know, hotels shut down in March at the beginning and were closed for a year. And so you're talking about employee workforce that was out of a job for 
um, you know, 12 months and some beyond that. So I think it's been significant and unique. These are thousands of jobs. They were middle-class jobs and the workers had to pivot um, understandably to other opportunities. And we're hearing, it's not one specific thing. We're hearing multitude of factors that are playing into this that might pivot to other businesses, but certainly for the hospitality industry, um, you know, it's expensive to live here. So I think people took a, the opportunity to look at a more reasonable place to live that was less uh, burdensome on their, you know, their paychecks, that they could have more, um, you know, money for what they're making in different markets that were less expensive for housing. I think another consideration was family consideration, um, particularly women that were, you know, um, had to endure, you know, much harder work standards and homework standards in relation to childcare, homeschooling, looking for a job, um, trying to stay on their feet. So women took a burden of childcare and homeschooling uh, disproportionately from others. We also heard, you know, many of our employees were concerned, had shared with their employers coming back to work the fear of COVID. So the virus fear itself, even though the vaccinations has been very successful, is a real concern for many family members, and um, it just remains to be so. Yeah, uh, we went out for dinner last night in Burlingame. Of course, it was a warm evening, but the restaurant was packed inside and out, and obviously the waitstaff was a little slammed. And I'm just wondering, are you know, people are traveling as well. I assume the hotels are beginning to fill up. So even though there's a shortage of workers, uh, I'm sure these businesses are not turning away customers. So how, how is that working out in, in, until, until all those jobs are filled, Kelly? Yeah, good point. I mean, there's a, definitely a demand for travel as we're seeing it, right? So the leisure market. But in San Francisco, you've got three channels of business, which are the leisure travel, the business travel that's directly tied to Moscone Center and international travel. Those last two sectors are not coming back for a while. We're hoping that, you know, the business in Moscone opening in September with some conferences will start generating some activity again. But to get back to pre-COVID levels, um, it will be in sight of 2024 before we get back to that economic growth that we used to enjoy. And so the business travel sector is huge for the San Francisco hotel industry. And then, you know, international travel is dependent on the vaccines and how they are shared and used in other countries to allow for a more herd immunity globally. So, um, you know, we have some time to go and, and we're happy to be open up again and welcome visitors back. Certainly it's the greatest hope and enjoyment, but um, we still have a very long road to go. That's Kelly Powers, director of the Hotel Council of San Francisco. Let's go to the phones. And again, the number, if you want to join us, is 866-733-6786. Let's go to Danville and Prem. Welcome. Hi, thanks for taking my call. So uh, I'm a plastic surgeon in the East Bay area. Uh, and in addition to trying to find staff that, you know, because we're hiring, we increased wages and added benefits and are still having trouble finding um medical assistance, et cetera, because obviously nothing we do is, uh, can be done from home. So my question is, uh, do we think that people are going to start commuting back again from outside the Bay Area, um, you know, like from areas like Tracy and Central Valley to come to the, to the Bay to work? Uh, or is this going to just be a long-term issue in both retaining our employees and finding new ones? Yeah, good question. Jed, do you want to take that? I think we might see some change um, by the end of summer and start of fall. You know, we're, we're really at a point now where uh, supply and demand uh, might be most out of whack. Um, 
this is a summer where, you know, people are getting vaccinated. They may feel more comfortable going back to work, but they're also eager to take time off, uh, visit family, do all the things they haven't done in a long time. Um, so uh, I do think and hope uh, things will look somewhat different in the fall. Um, we also could see longer commutes uh, for in-person jobs um, as we did uh, previously um, before the pandemic uh, with people making much longer commutes, especially because of the high housing costs in the Bay Area. Yeah. And Jim Wonderman, uh, to what extent do you think um, workers now that they've, if they can, the caller, Prem, says, you know, obviously if it's a doctor's office, you can't necessarily work from home. But, uh, you know, a lot of people have been working from home and a lot of employers are realizing, well, maybe we need to give more flexibility in terms of how often people need to physically be in the office. What's that going to do to uh, people's willingness to commute? Well, in the, the Bay Area has the highest percentage of occupations in the country that are remote work eligible, about 51%. So that's a lot of, a lot of opportunity for people not to be coming into the office or, uh, you know, the, the place of work on a daily basis. Now, you know, that means the other half of the jobs require, like the plastic surgeon's office, for the most part, probably require the people to come there. Uh, and so it, it, it throws a real wrench into the works for the future of the region's economy, because a lot of people actually left the Bay Area during the pandemic and, and also when the wildfires happened. A lot of people took the opportunity to go somewhere else but continue working. A lot of them are coming back, but a lot of them are not coming back, and they're making decisions about the future. And for the first time ever, we'll have a decision that can be made about uh, whether or not to you know, live, you know, they can work uh, in in a Bay Area job, but they can live in another part of the state or another part of the country in, in another state. Um, likewise, there may be people in other states who, for the first time, can actually live in the Bay Area and do a job for a company that's in another part of the country. So there's a, a lot of dust left to settle mm. on this pandemic, and the, this issue is a really huge thing. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of companies are going to come back at least to start mostly in September with some kind of hybrid system where people will come back, but they're going to come back a few days a week. And then some companies are insisting that, you know, people are going to have to work five days a week, but there's going to be a lot less of that in the future. In response to the question, I think we've seen that trend of more and more folks because of housing prices moving farther and farther away and commuting in. And I think that's a continuing trend uh, that we're seeing and we will continue to see. And it puts more pressure on our infrastructure and uh, and so forth. So at the Bayer Council, we're really working and thinking about how to create public infrastructure transit so that people don't have to do that in their car. They would have a, a mass transit alternative, which we, you know, we think makes an awful lot of sense just dealing with reality. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, restaurant, hotel jobs are not jobs you can do generally speaking uh, remotely. And joining us now is Terry Haney. He's managing director of Presidio Lodging. Terry, welcome. Thanks, Scott. It's nice to be here. So tell us what you're experiencing on the hiring end. Well, pretty much what everybody else is saying, you know, you were asking about bringing people back who, who worked for us uh, originally. And that was that was a no brainer for us as a really small boutique hotel. We have a very small staff and we really are like a family. So we were in close contact with everyone while they were on furlough and they were very, very anxious to get back. But, you know, there's like like uh, Jim was saying, five percent maybe of people who found another job or, or did move away or they're apprehensive, you know, about the vaccines and are coming back. They live in multi-generational families, whatever the reason for not coming back. 
it's a small percentage of people, but when you take in a normal in a normal pre-COVID, you know, one or two open positions was not a big deal. But now when every hotel in town has five or 10% of their staff that they're looking for and we're pulling from a, the same pool and that's the, that's the people who have, have left or, or are not coming back. So that's, I think, why it's putting such a strain on it. And you were mentioning the, um, the restaurants. We're in the same situation where, you know, my, I've got a tremendous staff that, that are really um, helpful and, and want to do a great job, but they're really pushed. They're, they're doing a lot of overtime to cover the open shifts and, you know, hotels Knockwood are really picking up our occupancies, getting busier and busier, and um, it, it's it's tough on everybody. Well, I want to go to the phones, and maybe, Terry, this is a call you can respond to. Jay in San Francisco, you're next. Tell me what's up with you. Yes, thank you. I just want to challenge uh, some of the assertions being made. I have over 20 years of luxury hotel experience in San Francisco. In the past 10 days, I've applied to seven jobs, and I've received a total of one call for an interview. So perhaps it's not simply that the employees are not applying. Perhaps the systems that the employers are using to, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, you know look through their right. resumes or applications, it, perhaps it's not an efficient enough process. Yeah. Terry, why don't you respond to that and then Kelly, you as well. Terry? But I'm, I'm really surprised because I'm not having those applications. I, I assure you, when we get an application, we jump on it. Um, where, so, where should somebody send an application if they want to, they want to apply to work with you? So, so Kelly can speak to the, to the bigger, uh, hotels, but you know, as a small hotel, we've always sort of been fortunate in, in word of mouth. You know, we have a very small team and like I said, it's really family. I've, I've always pre COVID depended on recommendations from my coworkers. You know, my staff will bring someone in that's a relative or a friend and they don't recommend somebody that they don't want to work with that they don't feel good about. So it's always worked for us. Uh, but now we we've posted on, on LinkedIn, we've posted on uh, our, our website. We have a careers button on our website, but we haven't, we've never gone to like the indeeds of the world. No offense, but um we, we haven't had to. So, uh, so it's, it's a little different from us than maybe some of the larger uh, box hotels. Mm-hmm. Kelly, what would you say to, to Jay, the caller who has applied for jobs but hasn't heard back? Yeah, Jay, um, that's definitely a unique experience, not one that I'm familiar with because of the labor shortage that we're speaking to right now. But I'd be happy to you know hear from you directly to the hotel council. If you'd like to uh, give me a call after, reach out to our website and contact me. Um, you know, I can talk more with you offline, but definitely, you know, the subject that we're talking about, the predominant issue right now for most of our hotels in San Francisco is there is indeed a labor shortage for a variety of reasons. And um, I, you know, I wish you the best. And if I can help in any way, I will. Thank All right, Jay, thanks so much for the call. And yes, good luck to you. Um, let's bring in another voice now. Emily Lim is founder of Dabao. Singapore, uh, which is a food delivery, a food preparation and delivery service. Uh, and uh, Emily, welcome. You were, I understand, furloughed during the pandemic. Is that right? Hi, Scott. Yes, it was furloughed during the pandemic. It happened on March 6th and we're furloughed indefinitely, which was extremely worrying. Um, so I then pivoted to start my own business. And tell us about Dabao Singapore. 
so Tapao Singapore started from my home, actually. I was making a bunch of food for friends who didn't know how to meal prep. Uh, and then some traction uh, came and I started pivoting into doing Singaporean food because I realized there are a lot of uh, Southeast Asians and Singaporeans here that miss their food uh, from back home and couldn't travel. Uh, and, and the business kind of took off from there. And I ended up hiring uh, two of my friends who, who were unemployed as well. And a bunch of other uh, part-timers who were my friends or interns who had no, no jobs at all during the pandemic. And it kind of gave them a little bit of pocket money to survive. Nice. And you had been a sous chef, is that right? Yeah, um, I was the executive sous chef at ALX by Alexander Steakhouse. Um, and at that point, uh, because I'm a migrant, I needed a visa to stay. I decided, you know, the best thing to do at this point was to start my own business and take control of what I can, because there are a number of us who have who do not have access to certain benefits. Uh, and I wanted to combat that by, you know, uh, starting my own business. Hmm. When you made that pivot, did you think it was going to be temporary or that this was really going to be a, a new chapter? I, <laughs> it was definitely going to be a new chapter for me because for, for a long time, I felt that, you know, um, a lot of, well, my, myself, right. I, I felt like I was working uh, out long hours and wasn't able to have a life outside of work or the life that I wanted outside of work. Uh, so with starting my new business, I, I was able to kind of set my own hours. I was able to have my staff, you know, like end at a certain time so that they can have like outside time with their family and friends. Um, so that's the kind of uh, experience and culture that I want to instill within my business. And hopefully this would happen with mm. the industry as well. Yeah, that's great. Jed Coco, uh, have you heard from people like Emily who just decided, you know what, I'm just going to do this myself or do it a different way and have more control over, you know, my experience and who I'm, who's going to be working for me, what my hours are and so on? There's been a big increase in people starting their own businesses, during the pandemic. Uh, that's one of the... It takes uh, courage, too, doesn't it, during a pandemic? Um, especially a time when there's so much uncertainty. Um, I mean, of course, it's partly out of necessity, but it's also... Uh, I, I totally agree. It takes a lot of courage uh, and confidence, um, and it's really inspiring. You know, when you think about the businesses um, that have been able to pivot or people who've been able to start something new. I mean, the food industry in San Francisco, I, I mean, just as a you know, a uh, resident and eater in San Francisco um, has been extraordinary, I think, uh, in the way that uh, restaurants and wholesalers um, pivoted during the pandemic. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm grateful yeah. um, for that. Emily, I'm going to let you go in a second, but what, what's on the menu today? Oh, for this week and next, we have oh, our uh, popular laksa, beef rendang, which is like a slow stewed, spiced, aromatic, coconutty beef. Uh, the surf of coconut rice and acha, which is a pickle. So I, I we do a lot of yeah. It's it's very Singaporean. We do not pivot from um, like the authenticity because we want to give people here the Singaporean experience. Uh, so yeah, we have vegan food as well. If you want to try. <laughs> okay, well, and people can check yeah. you out online. Dabao D A B A O. D-A-B-A-O Singapore. We are extremely active on Instagram, and that's how we do it. Uh, that's how we do our online right. sales. Yeah. All right, great. Well, thanks for joining us. Good luck to you in the business. Thank Appreciate you so your much. checking in with us. And I'll say goodbye to you, Terry Haney, as well, with uh, Presidio Lodging. Good luck finding those workers. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. 
Let's uh, get to some listener comments here. Um, here's one uh, from a listener who writes, one of the many reasons people are not flocking to the millions of open positions, particularly those of large employers, is because of low wages being offered. Many large corporations have been making record profits during the pandemic, however, uh, are still thinking of low wages in post-pandemic in, in the post-pandemic world. Uh, they've been used to a seller's market. Now we have a buyer's market. Um, is, is that your impression, uh, Kelly, that to maybe some people are holding out for more wages or better benefits or more flexibility? Um, maybe the flexibility. I'm not sure about the wages. I think the jobs, for the most part, in the hospitality industry are uh, well-paying jobs. They have excellent benefits. Um, and, and I think that's borne out by the length of time of many of the hotel um, employees staying within the hospitality industry. It's not a lot of turnover. So these are, are good jobs. I, I do believe that the pressure of what's happening right now, because we're competitive within our industry and without, outside of our industry, for p- good workers, good employees, uh, that, that wages will um uh, tick up. Uh, we're seeing bonuses as a benefit, sign-on bonuses happening, um, more flexible work hours for employees. And I think uh, across the board, that's been something that you've heard about with remote workers in the business sector, as well as the hospitality sector, this great demand to have more control over your time and your schedule. So you're seeing that as, as benefits to keep employees uh, coming back. Okay, we're going to continue this conversation for about 10 more minutes. So if you want to join us, now is the time, 866-733-6786. Or you can reach us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Scott Schaefer here this hour, and we've got another 10 minutes of this before we go to something a little different that you can experience in Golden Gate Park. But join us and uh, stick around. We've got more more to talk about. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. And we continue our discussion now on Forum about the Bay Area job market, talking with Jed Kolko from Indeed.com, Jim Wonderman, President and CEO from the Bay Area Council, and Kelly Powers, Director from the Hotel Council of San Francisco. And let's bring in another voice. Alfredo Cruz is Recruitment and Personnel Management Supervisor with Sage Elder Care Solutions. And Alfredo, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Scott. Thank you for having me. Tell us about the kind of workers you look for and, and what the market's been like for you. Um, we hire a variety of different positions here with Sage, um, being that we are in senior care. Um, one of our primary roles that we hire for and recruit for are care providers um, that provide um, in-home personal care services for our clients. Um, and we also recruit for um, different care management services as we provide professional care management and also therapeutic activity programming for our clients as well. And have you had to change the way you attract workers? I mean, obviously, home care is not something you can do remotely. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've also experienced the labor shortage ourselves, and 
it's been difficult to find the quality candidates. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic, we've lost some staff members because of fear of the pandemic and the virus. And, you know, they live with vulnerable people in their homes, their families, um, and others that are vulnerable and from the virus. So we'd want to make sure that we can try to replace those staff members that we lost. Uh, we had to do a lot of creativity in our hiring um, because of COVID. We transitioned to doing virtual job fairs, um, rather where we were doing a lot of in-person ones in the beginning. Uh, we've also upped our referral programs where we would incentivize our care providers to bring in word of mouth referrals, which has been a huge help for us. And we've also um, now with the state reopening, we're hoping to and looking forward to doing hosting in-person events again. Uh, we've also used our um, social media as well to really um, promote um, the services we provide and also try to attract um, different people um, that's within the industry that can bring the quality care that we're looking for. Yeah. And the vulnerable population that we work with, we need people. Yeah, of course. And uh, of course, you have to be selective as well. Jed Coco, um, to what extent are employers now beginning to shift away, not, not necessarily exclusively, but to do these in-person job fairs as opposed to the virtual or online, which of course is your bread and butter? I, I think it's still a mix. Um, uh, some employers uh, now are uh, very eager to move back to everything in person, including interviewing, but others uh, have found that um, some of the things that they started doing virtually, including interviewing during the pandemic, uh, might make sense even once the pandemic is behind us. Uh, so I think we're going to see more of a mix uh, of interview processes um, with more uh, moving online and virtual. Yeah. All right. Well, Alfredo, thank you for sharing your experience with us and good luck finding those uh, home care workers. Thank you so much. Here's a comment from Andrew who writes, I'm a contractor in the Bay Area. 10% of the skilled workers just left because they did not want to pay rent without having enough work. Another sizable amount, maybe 20% of the workers now doing gig work and making more than they did pre-pandemic. The shortage of skilled laborers is real. Uh, and, and Jed, that I would think is uh, you know a, kind of a trend that's been going on for a while here in the Bay Area, right? That's right. Again, housing costs have priced many people out. Uh, of the Bay Area. Uh, we talked a bit about longer commutes that some people are making uh, as they look for more affordable housing. Um, but there's been a broader trend also uh, in terms of the wages that people expect. Uh, there was a, a striking survey a couple months ago um, that showed that the reservation wage, um, you know, the, the, way, the wage uh, you need to take uh, a new, the wage you need for, to accept a new job um, has gone up dramatically, especially for lower wage workers um, during the pandemic. Hmm. Uh, so that's really changed uh, the dynamics of hiring. Yeah. Here's an interesting uh, comment from Brent who writes, the first question we've received in trying to hire a bartender is whether the gig is paid under the table. It seems that there is enough hidden work that have benefits so there aren't incentives to take an above-board job. Any thoughts uh, on whether this is biasing the numbers? The lack of above-board workers seems to be forcing an underground economy. Uh, Kelly, uh, do you want to take that? I'm sure, I'm sure that's not happening at any of the big hotels downtown, but uh, what are your thoughts about that? No, interesting story, but uh, not something that we're hearing, um, definitely. You know, I think uh, I, I just so agree with what Ted, uh, Jed said about, you know, just what's happening with the housing costs. I think there's a direct correlation with losing the labor, a good significant portion of the labor force 
to uh, areas that are less expensive. And I, I just think that's going to be a thread that continues uh, as the labor market is constricted. It's, it is so significantly tied to the expensive nature of you know, living and raising a family in the San Francisco Bay Area. All right, let's go back to our phones and Jose in San Francisco. Welcome. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm a little frustrated hearing that uh, employers cannot find employees. And I hear one of your guests talking about LinkedIn. Uh, there are many of these LinkedIn and all those uh, job master. I mean, there's so many of those websites that uh, I have been applying to and sending my resume to, and I get bombarded with so many uh, places that say, hey, this is, a, this is a match for you. This is a match for you. And then I, I, I call, I send uh, my, my resume again. I try to send an email, et cetera. I mean, I am a bilingual person. I, my last job was a communication manager for a public office in San Francisco. And I basically walk away from the job just because I decided I wanted to do it myself. I, I, uh, I, I'm very uh, versatile with uh, uh, computers and, and, and uh, video. I do video. I do video editing. I do photography, et cetera. Do, do you I have like a focused kind of job that you're looking for, Jose? Or it seems like maybe you have different kinds uh, of skills? Oh, uh, well, I was well. I, uh, it, it, I was a uh, assistant manager uh, also for uh, you know I, I supervise people. I I'm not specifically. I, I'm looking everywhere. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I hear you. I said I'm willing to sweep the streets. <laughs> well, let me let me stop you there because uh, we're getting a little short on time, but you can hear the frustration in his voice, Jed. And there are so many options. As you said, LinkedIn, you know, Indeed.com. There are many different ways to look for work. But is in some ways, can you? Is it possible to maybe put your name out there in too many places, and then, as Jose was saying, get bombarded with emails, you know, that you may or may not really, that may or may not be helpful. I think uh, at, at this point. Um, because uh, employers are so eager to hire um, and we're, you know, at such a turning point um, in the pandemic, um, it, uh, it's a point where it gets harder to manage um, the process uh, for many people. Um, one thing that we've done at Indeed is make it easier for uh, uh, job seekers to indicate that they are ready to work now uh, and for employers to indicate that they are urgently hiring, you know, in the hopes of uh, helping make some of those matches, uh, especially at this time when so much is in flux. Yeah. Here's a comment from Kate who writes, I believe there are many women who would like to rejoin the workforce, but children are now out of school for summer. We have to pay for camps and such where during the school year there isn't an extra cost. In some cases, it makes more sense to stay home until school starts in late August. And uh, Kelly, I, I imagine you're hearing or from employers that are, you know, sensing that kind of thing with fewer women in the workforce right now. Yes, um, you know, the Hotel Council used to host, um, and we'll be doing it again next year, but a woman in leadership looking at women in the hospitality industry, uh, what are the challenges? What do they need to support their career path? 
and, you know, had significant um, attendance, you know, up to 600 people at the Fairmont Hotel, women uh, employees, what are their concerns? And this is really troubling um, for uh, the hotel council as it relates to their, to women in the workplace and hospitality. Women have been set back. They're the ones that have taken on the childcare, the homeschooling. And if their partner is working, um, perhaps we're finding, and studies have borne out by the Wall Street Journal and the other industry um, surveys that women are the ones that are taking, you know, the hit here on the career path and also with uh, finances. So it's it's troubling to see such a significant part of the workforce, um, you know, yeah. being set back during the pandemic. Absolutely. Well, I guess it's better news now. At least a lot of people are hiring. Uh, the shortage of workers, let's hope that it's temporary and that people can get matched up with good jobs. We're going to wrap up this segment. I want to thank all of our guests, Jed Kolko from Indeed.com, Kelly Powers from the Hotel Council of San Francisco, Jim Wonderman, President and CEO of the Bay Area Council. Thank you all very much. And thanks also to uh, our other folks who called in and listeners. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.